Hey friends, welcome to episode 109 of Motherhood in Hollywood. It's me, Heather. How have you been? I've missed you. How was your week? Um, my guest this week is Ian Ziering. Yay! You guys might know him from Beverly Hills 90210 and more recently, the shark-tastic craze that is sweeping the nation, Sharknado. And we're going to talk a lot about that today on Motherhood in Hollywood. Come on, Mama! Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, you guys. I hope you're having a wonderful week. I know I'm still basking in the afterglow of Comic-Con. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, you should, because Chris and I kind of recapped our silliness and how much fun we had. And, you know, I have to say, I've been thinking about this, is how nice it was just the two of us getting away, even though we were busy and kind of running around like crazy a little bit. It was so nice to have a break from parenting for just a sec. And, um spend some time together, day drinking, you know, hobnobbing with Chris Hemsworth. No big deal. No big deal. Anyway, I just remembered sort of how much I miss that. I miss those days when we were a little more carefree. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, guys? I think uh, some of you parents will probably feel me. We have decided we need to try to start working more times and like that, more date times or even more daytime meetings. Like there's sometimes when Chance in preschool and I feel like I need to maybe, maybe we're going to try to have lunch more and maybe have, um, you know, more um, times where we, date nights and things like that, because we just get so caught up in the day to day weekly grind. I'm always hustling for motherhood in Hollywood. And when I'm not there, I'm at work for my real job. And then Chris is always at his job all the time. So it's, it's, um, the struggle is real guys struggle is real gotta find time for each other um anyway so it's been a fun week I got to go to the press junket for the glass castle it stars Woody Harrelson and Brie Larson and I also got to interview Jeanette Walls the author of the glass castle the book very beautiful story um just a really raw and honest story that essentially is about when kids have to take over and become the parent to their parents. Um, you know, people are flawed, deeply flawed. Um, no matter how perfect we might think we are, we all have flaws in some way and our, our parents are not excluded from that. Um, so it's just a beautiful story and I'll write a little bit more about that up on motherhoodandhollywood.com, which speaking of, if you, um, have not yet found me on the social media, motherhood and Hollywood on Instagram and on Facebook, check it out, love it, embrace it. And then also um, Twitter at Heather Brooker. Oh, that reminds me. Let's uh, give a shout out to some new Twitter followers. Hello, Christina Radish. Thank you for following me. Uh, Julie Kent. Oh, looks like she's a horror uh, writer. Ooh, and an avid reader. Cool. Um, also, hello to the, the Dolph Lundgren army. <laughs> What does that even mean? Um, that's hilarious. At Swedish Hard Candy. That's so funny. Uh, Marshall Julius. Hello. Nash Fargo. Thank you guys so much for finding me at Heather Brooker and taking the time to follow, follow me over there on the Twitter. Um, and also make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast. If you like the content I'm bringing to you every week, if you like the 
blood, sweat, and tears I pour into this podcast, which is for realsies, take a minute and subscribe to the show and leave a review. Just go, hey, Heather, or hey, girl, whatever you want to post. <laughs> that would be hilarious if I just got like 50 comments that were all like, hey, girl. <laughs> Um, but anyway, it really does make a difference. It helps me to know that you guys are out there and that you're listening and I appreciate it and that you appreciate, um, the work I do on this show every week. So that being said, speaking of this week's show, you guys, Ian Ziering is on the show and I'm, could not be more excited because Ian is a friend of mine. Um, and his wife, Erin, and I are good friends as well. And he is just such a charming, he's as charming and lovely as you would think he is. And I'm not just saying that because he's my friend, (laughs) but, um, we talk a lot about Sharknado, the success of Sharknado. And he's very honest about how he did not realize, um, he thought it was kind of, you know, not a great script in the beginning. And he took the project because he needed money and, um, it exploded into this fan following, you know, huge pop culture phenomenon that is Sharknado. And the new, the latest Sharknado coming out is going to be coming out on August the 6th. And it's called Sharknado 5 Global Swarming. Hilarious. I'm going to let him explain more about this one, about the backstory of how Sharknado came to be. And um, he also has some wonderful things to say about being a dad in this town. Um, We always talk to moms a lot on this show, but I love, love, love that he took the time to talk with us and give us the dad's perspective. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Ian Ziering. it with Heather on the microphone. Yeah, I'm totally using that, by the way. Did you just record that? I did. I'm using it. <laughs> We're rolling, so I'm going to, everything from here on out is fair game. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for the after warning. <laughs> um, seriously, you have been so crazy busy today uh, promoting how many projects? Like uh, yeah. a bajillion? Well, it's uh, Sharknado airs mm-hmm. August 6th, uh, this coming Thursday on ABC, Battle of the Network Stars. So there's, this is just like, uh, this is a crazy time because all these press opportunities uh, come about and it's incumbent upon me as uh, an actor or, or a, a participant, as it yeah. would be, uh, in Battle of Network Stars to get the word out. So I'm happy to be talking to you, Heather. Did you know it was all going to happen at the same time? No, I did not know <laughs> when Battle of the Network Stars would air. We filmed that about a month ago. Because it airs Thursday, this coming Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday wow. night. And uh, Sharknado typically airs uh, in July, but this year they pushed it to August 6th. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's the, uh, it's a storm. It's a... It's a fun storm. Pressnado. Pressnado. I saw, um, I was watching a, a TV one night and I saw the promo for Battle of the Network Stars and I texted Aaron. I go, what? Is Ian doing this show? That's amazing. I didn't know that. So... Um, I had to rewind it and make sure I actually saw you. <laughs> Is that the promo where they put a shark in the water behind me when I was? <laughs> no, I haven't seen oh, that. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, that? yeah, they put a oh shark behind me and I'm in a canoe in a pool. So um, I have to tell you, so I've been watching Sharknado, kind of getting caught up to speed and everything. I saw the first one years ago when it came out. Right. Um, and I made the mistake of sitting down with my daughter Channing and I was like, Hey, let's watch this movie. And she was like, Oh, there's me and Penna's dad. And I was like, that's right. And then she goes, Oh, it's so bloody. (laughs) Well, you know, what's really weird is that it's, it is bloody, but it's not red blood. No, it's It's not. It's kind of like brownish, dark brownish. Yeah. So even 
with the the would be gore, it's kind of like funny. Yeah. It's like what? Yeah, what yeah. What is that? Like it, what was that movie, Night of the Living Dead, where they had the green blood? Or Chris will kill me if I don't get this movie right. What was the horror movie in like the ne- the eighties that came out? Where halfway through the movie, they change from like red blood to green blood. I have no idea. I feel like it was like Night they, of the Living Dead or something. Did they run something. out of money? What happened? <laughs> That's what we did thought. The special we were effects like, team we, we quit? Thought, we, they ran out of a budget for red blood. Um, but no, I watched it and Channing was like, oh, there's blood on the windshield. And you know, she was just cracking up laughing because she knows you. And she, yeah. just, she thought it was really funny. She goes, do me and Penna know? Like, she, Oh, yeah. My, she didn't my know daughters introduced me as someone who kills sharks. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Sharknado was the first three-syllable word that Penna ever said. Oh and she said God. it while she was spinning around as though she was a, a Sharknado. A Sharknado. Sharknado, Sharknado, oh Sharknado. My God. It's such a fun franchise, and I'm always fascinated with the kind of the origin story of like how you came on board. I know you get asked that a lot, but how did you... Yeah. What was your gut instinct when you read the script? Was that it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, my gut instinct. Well, typically when you... Um, I'm at the point in my career where occasionally a straight offer will come up. Mm-hmm. And you know when you get an offer and they start shooting four days later that whoever was playing that character dropped out or fell out or mm-hmm. something happened and they needed to fill that spot quick. So I read the script and I understood why pretty quickly because it was really bad. <laughs> there were a lot of holes in it that were left to be filled with visual effects that are very expensive. Mm -hmm. And knowing this was going to be done on a micro budget, I couldn't see how it would be possible for them to deliver quality content. Do you remember Sid and Marty Croft? uh, Yes. Saturday afternoon cartoons, Sigmund and the Sea Monster, Slee Stack. I figured I'd be working with puppets, basically. (laughs) And that it would really be a misstep in my career, um, especially when I read the scene in the first Sharknado where I had to pull myself up a rope uh, to avoid being eaten by a shark that was chomping on the rope to climb up after me. It was right. so preposterous. I mean, if it was James Cameron, I think it would be just easy. Right, right. Of course, it's going to be amazing because it's going to be epic. But with a little-known production company that's used to making really cheesy sci-fi movies, I couldn't see how this would be... Um, good for my career and I told my wife after getting to that scene I was like I can't do this this is going to be the end of me I'll never work again and with Penna still in her belly and Mia in her arms she reminded me that you need to go to work (laughs) as an actor I get my health care coverage from my union yeah and you need to make so much every year to get that top tier coverage having a baby four months later um you know I that's one job you can't fail at right right that's not an option so I figured oh my gosh she's right (laughs) and I thought I was really taking one for the team so Mm -hmm. I accepted the part begrudgingly luckily at the end of the film I read where my character jumps into the belly of a shark and chainsaws his way out and I thought well that could be pretty cool (laughs) hopefully I mean at least I'll have that to show my kids one day and now that's totally a classic scene. Like that oh my is gosh. embedded. I mean, how many gifts are there and mames are there of you with your chainsaw? It's um, it's become iconic. Yeah, absolutely. And I I wonder sort of how um, how that felt when you were watching it and you saw the reaction to it and you realized, hey, there might be something more here than what I originally thought. Because the fans really were like, this is the best thing we've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't watch it 
when it was on TV. I was mm-hmm. working with the Chippendales in Las Vegas. I was on stage. But in between sets, I'd come out and I'd look at my phone in my cubby and my phone was Just flashing and alerting and vibrating and ringing. It's like every way your phone can interact, my phone was interacting. I'm like, what? what the hell's going on? And I turned it over and I thought there was just a huge glitch because text messages would jump from 40 to 60 to 90 to 150, 200 texts. That's like, crazy. Well, it's yeah. it, it's not possible yeah. or so I thought. And then phone, like 10 phone calls, 15 phone calls. It would just like spool up. Emails, what? what is going on? So I just turned the phone off. I just figured that it was broken. Mm-hmm. Got back to my room that night. I turned on my phone and my what I thought would be my biggest fear that everyone saw this movie and thought this was like <laughs> horrible. Um, I was delightfully surprised to find out that everyone loved it. <laughs> there were celebrities tweeting about this. This movie had gained global attention mm-hmm. instantly. There was global anticipation prior to it, but it gained instant global recognition once it aired and the celebrities got behind tweeting it and then all of the celebrities wanted to be in it and now countries want to be in it it's yeah you um, have a crazy amount of celebrity cameos you've had like like from uh the second one on it's just been like anybody and everybody wants to be in it um, Mark McGrath, Sugar Ray, great yeah. working with him. Yeah. What a great, Mark smart, Cuban. smart, Mark Cuban, Vivica Hello. Fox. Crazy. And then this next one in five. Oh, five. We've got, I mean, Charo playing the queen. <laughs> I remember amazing. watching Charo when I was a little boy. She'd come on stage and go, <laughs> coochie, coochie, coochie. Right, right. She's so adorable. Like, oh my God, this is Charo. That's hilarious. Fabio plays the Pope. My God, it's so, <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And as it becomes even more ridiculous, Mm -hmm. it remains engaging. Yeah. So the little eight-year-olds watch it with their grandparents. You know, this is an entertainment vehicle that isn't niche-specific. It appeals to everyone because it it defies um, explanation with the typical Matrix. It's not a action-adventure movie. It's not a horror movie mm-hmm. it's not a date night movie it's a fun movie it's a fun movie it's the kind of movie where everyone's in on the joke except the actors in the movie yeah and i love that you guys are so dedicated you have got to save the world yeah from these sharks in it's the, in the shark nato essentially it's a family movie mm-hmm. you know it's a story of an ordinary man who goes to extraordinary lengths to keep his family safe and protected from shark nados yes and that is a continuing theme throughout all these movies. We've just changed the scenery a little bit. Yeah, changed the scenery a little bit. And made it a, a little bit more grandiose and ridiculous. And it seems the m- whenever we try something, it's always met with eager anticipation, yeah. but gladly accepted and devoured. Well, at some point, I think, when you're watching it, you're like, what can they do next? Like, what is left? They've oh literally gosh. done some of the craziest Wait till stuff. August 6th, then all of your questions <laughs> will be answered. But it's going to leave you with one more question. What are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? Which yeah. is something that we've been able to to uh, evoke in, in our audience a desire for. Oh, my God, what's going to happen next? <laughs> I'm always asked, you know, about the particular um, movie that we've just shot where are you going to go from here? Mm-hmm. It seems like there's already an expectation 
of a continuing saga oh, absolutely. for next year. It's become like a summer event. It's yeah. appointment television. Yeah. There's parties that go on, Sharknado parties. There's been Sharknado mentioned in our judicial systems, in our government, um, in sports, in just about everything. In it's become a Sharknado moment. It's almost like it's so ridiculous and absurd that people, um, they just love it. They're like, this is so ridiculous. We need something that is pure joy right now that is just something we can turn off politics we can turn off all of the crap it's, in the world it's and just mindless entertainment yeah. and it's just just good good fun at what point did you decide to take more control behind the scenes and do executive producing and producing and that sort of thing um they actually came to me to ask for some help um sussing out uh, some cameo appearances and then also um you know we shoot on location quite a bit to have uh, an executive there to help you know manage um whatever kind the of executive shoot. decision yeah. needs to be done yeah um is that something you've done before is it, do you like doing executive producing and things like that behind the scenes yeah um so much so that i'm uh, right now in pre-production for another film that i'll i'll be producing oh that's great i'm um, hoping to get into production uh, early august so very soon oh wow um scripts all set we've got distribute global distribution for it and uh, have a network on board to to air it's another tv Another TV movie. It's interesting to me how um, the evolution that actors have gone through over the last 20 or 30 years, where when you were an actor, you were an actor. Like, that's all you did. That's what you did. But slowly, I've seen more and more actors realizing there is wonderful opportunities behind this camera, behind the scenes. You can, like, create your own content. You can create your own path, you know. And is that something you found that you are doing and want to do more of? Well, I've always been a student of the medium. Mm-hmm. I've always loved television. I've always loved film. I've always loved stage. I've loved, you know, all aspects of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically, you know, in the recent past, it's been a lot of television work and some film work. But, you know, when you're on set, you know, cameras have always interested me, you know. Uh, so I get to learn a little bit about the camera. I watch the directors. And you learn. You just yeah. pick pick it up and basically there's very few original ideas or original camera shots Mm -hmm. um the only thing you have to do as a director really that is uh is new to every project is work with the actors and help them create greater depth in their characters um but it's something that i enjoy doing also i mean if acting is the paint on the painting then directing truly uh the director is the painter because mm-hmm. he's the one who puts the paint on. He's the one who determines what the canvas is going to be. He's the one who determines what it's all about to tell the story. Is directing something you want to do more of? I love, love directing. Yeah. I just, you know, my passion right now uh, are my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't leave much else for me to do. Um, I still love acting. I love to work in front of the camera. Creating characters is something that um, I just relish. But producing uh, is also something that I find that I'm capable of. And getting something sold and put together and finding financing for it and finding mm-hmm. distribution, um, you know, it, it's exciting. It's, it's the business side of show business. Yeah. And I love it. It's something I'm learning a little bit more about too through motherhood and Hollywood has kind of opened up some doors for me that I never before thought were possible. And it's all been a very um, interesting 
process for me and a huge learning experience because before I was just so focused on acting I wanted to get on a sitcom and I just was sort of zeroed in and now I'm like wait a minute there's a whole other side of this industry that is rife for creating content and ideas and yeah I mean with the digital mediums that are out there social media you're Mm -hmm. you're your own brand yes I mean here we are doing something that was not possible yeah 10 years ago 15 years ago yeah Certainly not at the level that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all state of the art. You came to my home here. We're talking, <laughs> and you set up a studio here. And it's going to go out to tens of tens of people. No, tens and tens of tens millions. Of of, no, of I know. You've got a huge following. <laughs> it grows every day. You know, Instagram, all the things you're mm-hmm. doing, not just yeah. in back of the mic, but in front of the camera, too. Yep. Yep. You know, you, you get it, Heather. It's obvious that you understand the medium, but you also understand all the different buckets that you can apply your expertise to within yeah. the medium yeah i'm learning that's for sure you always we're always learning yeah it's a, it's definitely a continuing process um and you've mentioned the girls quite a few times i want to ask you how has um how have the type of projects that you take on now changed since becoming a dad has anything changed in that way do you oh think, absolutely or? um i love opportunities where I can be involved in projects that my little kids will uh, will be able to tune into. Mm-hmm. I uh, recently auditioned for a kids game show. What? Uh, the That's Sprout funny. Network. Oh yeah. Is mm-hmm. uh, rebranding. I think it's going to the rebranding. It's going to be called something else. All the the TV uh, programs that are on Sprout will still stay there, but um, they're going to bring a couple game shows. Oh, that's fun. And they asked if I would audition for a game show. And I would love to do that anyway, but the yeah. fact that it's a kid's game show. Oh, my gosh. For little kids. That would be so fun. I, I said, are you kidding? Can I pay you for this gig? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's again, it's all about my wife and kids. Yeah. Whatever I could do to provide for them, have some fun along the way. But I, if I get to do something that entertains my little mm-hmm. girls... That's all I want to do. I just want to stay home and not miss one school drop-off or one dance recital or one play or anything. Now, I'm going to put you in the hot seat for just a second. Okay. Even though I'm at your house, feel free to ask me to leave. (laughs) But you mentioned one time when we were hanging out, I think it was at some event at the Zimmer Museum, um, I was talking about parties and stuff in the 90s and how everybody would go to the clubs and like it was such a fun time and you were like, oh, I've got some stories to tell you. Yeah, get out. (laughs) (laughs) get out I take it back (laughs) um you have been in this business for so long I know that you've probably like been everywhere done everything do you miss the party days do you ever want to go back out to the clubs and like you know do all that wild guy stuff no not really no I've had my fill I uh since I've gotten married and have kids I've um there's been there's been a shift um you know I, I have traded a bit of fun for a tremendous amount of joy oh I love that yeah and I'm uh I'm so happy um uh joyous is a word that I don't really use too often Mm -hmm. or find a place for it but uh it's such a joyous experience having kids that I have never had too much fun (laughs) but I've had much more joy in my life than I've ever had fun. Yeah. 
because of my family. Isn't that funny how these little people come into your life and they completely change your perspective and your outlook? You know, people used to tell me that all the time. You just wait till you have kids. You're, yeah. It's going to change everything. And I remember thinking, well, I mean, maybe, but it really does. Yeah. It changes your heart. It changes your um, outlook on um, helping people and, you know, and oh, that yeah. sort of thing. And it's... Um, Truly. So I love it here to hear you say that because I used to have a lot of fun too, go out and party and all that stuff. And now yeah, well, like, when you're young, you're selfish. That's just sure. the way it is. Not like me, 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 but there is nobody else. So right. you're selfish. Right. Not like you're trying to make it all about you. It is only you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you live for that. And as you get a little older, you're more motivated by achievement. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do something that I haven't done before. I'd like to conquer this. I'd like to make that i'd like to be a part of something like this and then as time goes by and we evolve and mature and gain more personal growth it for me changed to uh, my motivation to contribution the contribution that uh i'm able to give to my family Mm -hmm. it's really all about them they're my why for everything yeah um whenever you're thinking back to your 90210 days do you ever think about, um, is there ever any talk about reunion? Do you ever? Uh, we have reunions all the time. I know you guys have I little I see Tori like two or three times <laughs> a month. I speak to Jason, Brian, Luke, um, Shannon, Jenny, Gabby. We're all still really close. Um, I love to ter- hear that too because it's so nice. Because you think sometimes at distance and time, you know, would, would may, maybe like separate you guys a little bit but yeah, I love to but it all that. happened at a very formative uh time in our lives yeah and to work so closely together for 10 years you realize they were more we had a relationship more like brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and when you have that for so long um and it's it not disposable a, no absolutely not and it's such a huge part of the public lexicon like everybody remembers 90210 everybody remembers growing yeah. up and watching that and sure. you know um do you guys ever, uh, well, not necessarily with 90210, but would you ever want to do um, a regular, series regular show again where you're going in? Like, oh, absolutely. You would do that? Absolutely. I would love to do a sitcom. Like yeah. multicam? A multicam, four-camera sitcom would be great. Or um, single cam. Uh, Any sitcom. Whatever. <laughs> you know what? Uh, wherever there'll be a live audience. Oh. Because it's the perfect mix of theater. Yep. And television. That's what I've and that always only, said. Mm-hmm. Right. It only occurs in situational comedies. But do you feel like they're dying out, though? I feel like there's fewer and fewer multicams being made. That's because original ideas are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And right now there seems to be uh, an onslaught of reality programming. Mm-hmm. But like all things, it's cyclical. There will be a resurgence of situational comedies. Dramas. Yeah, also. dramas are, dramas are going to come back yeah, yeah. for I mean, sure. You know, how much, uh, how much reality television can you take? I mean, Ugh. how many people do you got to see walk across Alaska? And <laughs> there's, like, a really? lot. there's a lot happening right now. Like, there's Ninja Warrior that's on NBC, but then they also, like, branched out. Now they've got, like, a whole gladiator Okay, but that's thing, more of, like, a, vari- like a variety show? Well, there's, like, there's there's various levels of, you know, reality it's a game, TV. More there's of a game, game show. show right. Yeah, and I am a self-professed, like, I, the only reality show or game-type show like that that I watch is Big Brother. It is my one, like, embarrassing, guilty pleasure. Right. That's Trainwreck Television. It's totally Trainwreck Television, and I hate everybody on that show until the end, and I'm like, oh, you know. 
But um, that seems to be what's popular in TV is are the game shows, the reality type shows and all that. And I'm just wondering when we may see a shift back to more like traditional multicam scripted shows. You know, it's interesting because I think the viewing public also goes through these cycles. And of course, whatever we watch is dictated by the audience. Mm -hmm. And where there was once aspirational television, um, whether it be dramas or soap operas or reality show like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, things were more aspirational. People would aspire to, to have these type of lifestyles. Yeah. Or have these type of um, relationships. Friends and connections. Now we're seeing things on television where it's not aspirational. It's like, I'm watching this because I'm just like them. This is comfort food. Okay. Right. This is, you know what? I could do this and it's comfortable. I, I think that. ultimately we're going to get back to a point where people will aspire uh, for greater things. Mm-hmm. People will look for programming that uh, is smart, that is challenging, um, that is thought-provoking. Um, I, I think we're headed there now. I mean, I hope so. Sharknado not included, but <laughs> <laughs> that's I just mindless entertainment. <laughs> but I think, you know, in terms of the major networks, in terms of all... You know, the digital networks that are mm-hmm. out there now, they're bringing really engaging really programs. Really great shows. Right. We don't see um, mindless reality on Netflix. What are you binging on right now? Any TV shows? Um, Aaron's just... watching Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's so funny. I'll watch one episode. I'll come back, you know, two or three days later. She's 15 more She'll episodes She'll catch past. you up, yeah. I don't really need to catch up. I watch one episode. <laughs> I know what's going on. Um, we... Uh, the last thing I literally watched, the last two things I literally watched from first episode to last, Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Chris was really into exceptional, that. Exceptional. Exceptional yeah. television. The Bryce Dallas Howard episode was phenomenal. And I literally was like, <gasps> right, this right. is my life right now. Right. You know, it was all media. about social media and likes. Yeah. Um, that was incredible. It was so smart. So it was smart. incredible filmmaking. So well written. Beautifully acted. Another uh, thing that I binge watched was the first season of The Get Down. Yes. The Get Down was the, a Boz Lerman. You're the first person that I've met that's actually watched that. Chris Spectacular. And I, Chris and I were telling everybody you need to watch The Get Down. It's so weird and beautiful and like. It's the birth. It's the way the death of disco gave birth to rap. Mm-hmm. And the music is absolutely magnificent. If the, you get a so chance, well if you like music, do you like hip hop? Are you? In, yeah. Okay. If you get a chance. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've got your rap at the beginning. Okay. Don't okay. worry. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to loop that in. Okay. I'm going to make that my ringtone for you. Okay. <laughs> um, if you get a chance, if you like hip-hop and rap, watch The Defiant Ones. The Defiant Ones. Okay, on great. On um, HBO. It is all about how Jimmy Iovine from, uh, founded Interscope Records, started right. Interscope Records, and how um, the basically the birth of West Coast rap from um, Dr. Dre, right. and how the two met and formed like this unbreakable bond, and then became best friends and made a $3 billion deal with Apple for Beats by Dre and like are now like the richest people on the planet. But the whole backstory of how, where they came from and how they came to be was fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, so this weekend you're doing Comic-Con. Yeah, we're headed down to Comic-Con down in San Diego. And um, that is just, it's it's cosplay mecca. <laughs> it totally Everyone is. Everyone... <laughs> 
walks around in costume. Crazy outfits. It's what will you be wearing? Are you going to wear a shark outfit? I, uh, <laughs> I dress like Finn Shepard. As you should. <laughs> uh, but my little girls have superhero costumes. I believe they will both be rocking a Wonder Woman <gasps> get-up. Oh, I love it. Uh, er, of course, my lovely wife, Erin, will probably do the same because she likes to match with the girls. Oh, my gosh. She's so cute. Um, yeah, so we're really excited about that. There's a big uh, Sharknado party at the Siquan Casino down in San Diego. They're mm-hmm. having a, a Sharknado party on Thursday night. We have a panel on Friday. Uh, like, was Comic-Con ever on your radar before Sharknado? Did you ever go? Yeah. You went? Yeah, no, I've never gone. Yeah. Um, because before Sharknado was really only about, it was just at the point where mainstream entertainment was starting to encroach on the yeah. Comic-Con uh, hysteria. Yeah. So now, especially down in Comic-Con, there's TV shows that launch from there. It's, yes. a, it's a huge launch point um, because all so many eyeballs are focused, not just the people there, but all around the world of what's going on at Comic-Con. You know, major motion picture studios. Huge. huge. television networks. They all have these huge um, press outings for their, their new products. It and it's become like much bigger than a comic convention. Yeah. It's, it's a more pop like an inter- Yeah, it's more like a pop culture entertainment kind of convention. Right. Though. But it's also a new vehicle launch point for uh totally the entertainment industry uh, i remember last year there was like sharks walking through the street to oh we had a street shark team <laughs> sharks walking through the street there were like a like, shark parade or something there was like uh <laughs> uncle sam on stilts yes. with a big shark bite on him the cars were decorated with sharknado there you know they gave away over fifty thousand foam uh chainsaws so it, it was unbelievable it really i, I with all the success that 90210 garnered in the early 90s, it took a couple years to get there. Mm-hmm. But because of social media, Sharknado has attained that same level, maybe more, mm-hmm. instantly. 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 Like, because oh, we're, like as it was happening, everyone's like, we're all in on the this. The moment the first Sharknado aired and finished, it was as popular and as widely known as anyone who has ever watched uh, 90210. And this is from a television movie mm-hmm. on a cable network. On a cable network, yeah. Um, it's astonishing. That has to be very gratifying to know that you like made the right choice, even though you might have begrudgingly done it. Um, clearly it was the right choice. <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy, happily surprised, um, but I'm very proud to be a part of a project that reaches so many people and entertains them in a positive way. It's great. The fact that kids are running around with pajamas with my picture on it—it's it's like so. so I'm like, oh my god! How trippy, but like, how I used to have the wonderful. six million dollar man on my PJs. <laughs> now someone's got Finn Shepard. I, I don't even uh, know how to process that. Oh my god, I love that. I yeah. need to get Channing some of those jammies then. That would, would that be weird? No, <laughs> that'd be so cute. Um, well, I want to remind everybody really quickly: Sharknado Five Global Swarming. It comes out on August 6th. And what was the tagline? Uh, Make America Bait Again. Make America Bait Again. Oh, my God. I love it so much. I died laughing. (laughs) Ian, thank you so much. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, too. (laughs) All right, everybody. I'm going to put up tons of information about Sharknado and Sharknado 5 up on motherhoodandhollywood.com. Have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye.
Balls.